0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: We here at the Fumbling For Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is one 8255
0: Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest ya. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me, as always, is my fellow hosts, Ariel. Hello. And Daniel. Hi there. And uh, today we're going to be talking uh, Vendetta. You have one? I do have a Vendetta against this movie. (laughs) That's rude. (laughs) We'll get into that. Uh, So... Why don't we just go ahead and dive in
2: with a synopsis from none other than Daniel. All right. So a little information about this movie. I wanted to almost say game. It was made in 2017. It's just like the other Degeneration and Damnation as it's a full length CGI movie. This one is partnership between Capcom and Marza Animation Planet. The film style is a departure from the previous two films and was intended to welcome in more fans of anime, such as psychopaths and live action horror films rather than cater entirely to us, the fans that were already established.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you can tell.
2: Of the games. It was the first and only film in the CG franchise to receive a limited theatrical run in the United States and Canada, which was hosted through Fathom Events. The event of the film is set in 2014, one year after the events of the Lanxiang Bioterror Incident and Tall Oaks Bioterror Incident in Resident Evil 6. So it's between 6 and 7. And here's a little plot synopsis for it. A Hispanic Army team supervised by BSAA Captain Chris Redfield investigates a mansion linked to a B.O.W. smuggling operation, which is infested with zombies infected with a new viral strain. And I want to say the mansion looks oddly like a copy of Spencer's mansion. (laughs) To at least the entrance. Oh, yeah. There he finds Glenn Arias, a black market dealer wanted by Interpol. But Arias gets away when the mansion explodes. He is soon joined by one of BSAA's advisors, Dr. Rebecca Chambers. Good job, Capcom. Don't, don't you know. Mm -mm. Yep. Who begins developing drugs to combat the virus encountered in the mansion. Laboratory is attacked by one of Arias' accomplices at the end of her research, and Chris saves her from infection. Following the attack, they get the attention of DSO agent Leon S. Kennedy. Concluding Arius is involved in an upcoming terrorist attack, they head out to New York to find him before it can take place that is what I have on the synopsis summary for this movie (sighs) yep Ariel said it
0: (laughs) Ariel I'm going to save my words until we get to the discussion part of this um what do you have for us
1: uh let's pop let's talk somewhat of a plot (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris Redfield is a BSAA observer to the Hispanic Army as a squad of nine, including himself, is sent to the Mexican state of Queretaro. Did I pronounce that right? To apprehend bioweapons black market dealer Glenn Arias. As well as rescue the BSA agent, Kathy White, who's gone missing, and her son, Zach. So with Tricell and Neo Umbrella gone, Arius has become one of the BSAA's most significant targets by selling their abandoned weaponry. The squad arrives at a Trevor-style mansion, because that was a very blatant nod at one, used by Arius for his business. They split up into three-man teams to search for him, and one team is attacked and infected by a zombified Zack when they let their guard down. And, I mean, that was a weird thing anyways, because now all of a sudden, zombies can play with toy cars. <laughs> um, you know. hmm so when Chris's team investigates, one of their number is dragged under a bed and devoured. While the other one is bitten and transformed. So the squad captain, meanwhile, becomes concerned at the loss of radio contact with his men and calls for their helicopter to return to uh, evacuate the building. And zombies appear in the room and bite the captain. He orders the two remaining soldiers to escape through a door, but they are torn apart by wires set up by a booby trap which was that, that was you know, terrifying.
0: That was also very reminiscent of another movie.
1: We can't Go talk ship. about
0: that. <laughs> Go ship!
1: <laughs> so only Chris escapes the building having jumped out of a window and he fights Arius but loses when he is knocked down when shot and I know this isn't discussion but They made Chris look like a little bitch in this fight scene. But we'll get into that. Though his vest protects him, he's still injured by the impact. And Arius reveals that his newly designed virus is capable of distinguishing to the infected who can and cannot be killed. And he and his bodyguards leave unharmed through a cluster of zombies led by Kathy. Chris is saved at the last moment by the army helicopter, which picks him up shooting Kathy dead in the process and him, you know, exclaiming no while explosions are going on in the background. So
0: very reminiscent of everything Chris does.
1: Yeah. (laughs) 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 So in a flashback, Arius and Sarah have just been married and a drone strikes their wedding reception. The immediate area is destroyed and the guests are killed. Only Arius survives while only Sarah's left arm is remaining in present day New York Arius looks out to the city from his apartment and exclaims this is all for you Sarah
0: okay because we're about to get into the second half of this movie okay we have a lot of things to say about this we talked off air I want to talk about these things on air real quick you mentioned the RC car
1: I don't know how I feel about this. Because that little Zack boy showed significant levels of intelligence.
2: Yes. <laughs> because
1: Because you could explain it in a way that he had the RC controller in his hand and, you know, okay, a zombie, they're moving around, he could fiddle with it. That wasn't the case. That That was a deliberate distraction for him to sneak up on them. And the smile he gave them. Twice. Yeah. It was a, heh, I got you smile. That shows the level of intelligence that he had. Why did he have that level of intelligence?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And you could say it was, oh, because he created this new thing where these zombies are now can be controlled and told who to target and who not to target. You didn't see that level of intelligence in the other zombies?
0: Nope. And a very specific situation is when Chris gets out in the hall after, you know, throwing the grenade in, gets into a fight with a dude who changes into a zombie in front of him, and the dude has his gun. Doesn't pull the trigger, doesn't try to use the gun against Chris in any way. He literally throws it to the side.
1: Yeah, so you have this boy who's fully capable of using a RC controller. But then you have the guy that's like, gun, throw it.
2: <laughs> the boy also hid, too. He was, yeah, hiding. He the was first, hiding. The first scenario part, he was. And then same thing, the second part, when they came into the room and it wasn't until the other guy got close to the RC car when the zombies reached out from under the bed they could have they should have soon as somebody came in that room should have been out and about
0: yeah I would argue with that one though that they were busy feasting on the
2: carcasses under the bed I think they were all ready to go to attack I think all of them came out I don't think anything was being eaten under there
0: they were eating something under the bed but there wasn't there wasn't enough to go around we'll just say that
1: So, uh, yeah, we're getting a discussion. So should I keep going on with the plot?
0: Yeah, yeah, because I want to talk about this arm thing, but uh, we'll get there. So go ahead with the plot.
1: Four months later in Chicago, Illinois, which is close to us, (laughs) university professor Rebecca Chambers, uh, Daniel's girlfriend, is working with her assistant Aaron (laughs) to create a functional vaccine to a new virus spreading across the United States. At least 20 attacks have taken place nationwide, though the U.S. government is suppressing information on it to prevent alarm. Due to the incidents taking place seemingly at random, Rebecca deduces that the attacks are the deliberate cause of an unknown agency rather than the virus's natural spread. In the search for a vaccine, 252 experiments have already been run, and Aaron announces the delivery of over 30 infected bodies to help in the vaccine Synthesis, which then Rebecca's like, go take care of that for me.
0: What a chump. (laughs) I know.
1: So uh, with the doctoral student body out of campus, she then elects Aaron to personally obtain viral samples from the bodies. That's when she's like, yeah, go take care of this for me. So after he leaves, experiment number 252 is registered on the computer system as a success in developing a vaccine and samples are automatically placed in syringes and put in refrigeration. So, yay. All seems well until Aaron heads down to the morgue and he spots an open vent. And as he investigates, Arius's bodyguard, Maria, knocks him out. The laboratory's main power is cut, resulting in going into a lockdown state and the shutters going down and Maria leases an airborne form of the virus into the ventilation system. The laboratory staff are infected and transform into zombies, save Rebecca, who is able to remain herself, though weakened. She leaves her lab and heads to the vaccine synthesis room, where she injects herself with a new vaccine in time to prevent zombification. Rebecca leaves the room to find Aaron eating a body on the floor. And when he notices her, she resorts to beating him with a fire extinguisher. (coughs) She escapes back to her lab as more zombies arrive. Hiding in the lab, another zombie appears, which she kills through stabbing in the brain with a pair of scissors. Maria blows up the vaccine synthesis room as Chris and his silver dagger BSAA team arrive to rescue Rebecca. Rebecca. At a hotel, Rebecca watches news of viral outbreaks. Per the cover-up policy, the attack in Chicago is reported by ENN as having been an attack by armed terrorists. News F3 reports on a mass murder having taken place in a town outside Ontario with a viral outbreak at a trailer park described as killing a dozen people. Rebecca adds the incidents to a map of North America as she struggles to find a pattern. Chris enters Rebecca's room and explains his need to find Arius. Having learned that Rebecca's lab was the most advanced in the country, he had rightly decided to meet with her to warn of a potential attack, though he was late. Due to Arius's bodyguard being in the laboratory, Chris suspects, Rebecca's new vaccine to soon be useless as Arius will no doubt modify his bioweapon to no longer be affected by it. Rebecca reveals that the new virus's genome is similar to the Plagas used by Los Illuminados in 2004. So they go to Colorado in search of Leon. Who had previously fought the plagus When Los Illuminados abducted Ashley. They find him to be drunk and uncooperative. Having lost his entire squad to a bombing in Washington, D.C., Leon's drinking problem has surfaced and he wants no part in the fight. Which drives me crazy. Chris tries to convince him otherwise, describing Arius as having escaped a smart bombing by a certain government to end his arms dealing only for him to go into hiding for several years until he was assumed dead. Leon still has no interest, seeing the government as reprehensible if its of its idea of counterterrorism policy is to bomb a wedding and they bicker back and forth for a while and Rebecca just finally had enough of it and warns them that she now understands Arius' virus has already infected people across North America and is lying dormant until something triggers the transformation and basically told the boys to grow the fuck up in other words So, back in the restaurant, a man Leon knows as Patricio runs in. Leon blames him for the death of his unit and calls him a sellout. Patricio warns him his wife and daughter have been taken hostage in Spain by an arms dealer and that the surviving members of Los Illuminados are working with him to create a bioweapon to attack the United States. Leon demands information on Arius up front in exchange for helping his family. Just then, a van turns up full of soldiers in black armor. Diego, big old juggernaut, follows him with a Gatlin gun and attacks the restaurant, killing a restaurant worker instantly as you see her arm flying up in the air and seriously injuring Patricio, who bleeds out. Chris looks out and finds the attack was just a distraction to kidnap Rebecca. Patricio's phone rings. Leon answers it to find Patricio's wife pleading for news that the hostage used a hostage deal went through. And that is the last you actually hear of this whole entire thing. More on that later. Rebecca wakes up in Manhattan, wearing wearing a wedding dress. She's in a room surrounded by a television screen, displaying a pleasant woodland background but the room itself decorated to resemble an outdoor wedding reception. Arius enters the room and reveals the various boxes on chairs in the reception contain what is left of his friends and family who he partially revived thanks to the A-virus. Rebecca reveals her research to him and that she has worked out there are three strains to the virus. The first is the latent strain, which has spread across the Midwest via the Great Lakes drinking water. It's a non non-threaten- it's non-threatening on its own, save random activations in hosts. It was supposed to only cause zombification when the host is exposed to the trigger, an airborne strain, dispersed in gas clouds. A third strain acts as a vaccine, allowing the infected to avoid transformation. All of this, Aries confirms. And taken by Rebecca's resemblance to Sarah. He basically tells her, we're getting married. He threatens to have her infected with the A-virus. She refuses to marry him and fights her back, or fights him back. So, he then tells her, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna replace your arm with Sarah's arm and see how you feel about that. Like, that was was fucking weird. Which (laughs) showed his... I mean... The whole wedding thing itself showed his deteriorating mental state, but that right there just showed just how fucking nuts he was. I'm going to replace your arm with Sarah's arm because I saved it this entire time. Just fucking weird. Okay, so back to this. Leon and Chris are looking through Rebecca's laptop for any information they can find on her location and Leon remembers Patricio's phone and decides to insert its SD card into the laptop. They find out that Arius's agents have assisted in the selling of Agua-G brand mineral water in New York, which contains the latent virus. Once the brand is popular enough, the trigger will be released, ensuring maximized spread of the virus. They also find that there is a contingency in place... Arius' own vaccine can be dispersed over New York to immunize the zombies and return them control of their bodies. So, in New York, Arias calls for the attack to happen immediately across the Great Lakes, having previously scheduled it for the following day. The Agua-G trucks drive around New York, park at designated spaces, and disperse the trigger into the streets, transforming Drinkers of their mineral water into zombies. The NYPD is quickly overwhelmed by zombies appearing seemingly at random. The freshly vaccinated Silver Daggers arrive and receive word that the BSAA and NYPD SWAT are having a hard time countering the attack with sizable state police reinforcements being three hours away due to handling other attacks. The team land on the ground finding the local BSAA only have Reserves to supply them with one gambit and a Ducati motorcycle. <laughs> the team splits into two groups. Leon takes the Ducati and Chris and Damien take the gambit. <laughs> While Nadia and DC are still in the chopper. So Leon throws a grenade at a nearby agua truck, with the virus and Rebecca's notes being killed at high temperatures. It's successfully destroyed without risk to nearby people. Arius's agents take notice of the attack, but are quickly taken out by the silver daggers. And, you know, for whatever reason, Damien felt the need to open the back of this van where zombie dogs come out and decapitate him. <sighs> was completely weird. And So Leon decides to distract the zombie dogs from Chris by taking off in the motorcycle. And he has them chasing him down a highway. So back to Chris, Chris follows Arius to a lab and tries to rescue Rebecca, ignoring his warning that she has 20 minutes before the virus takes over. When Rebecca begins to fall ill during the escape, Chris is forced to return to the lab. He is attacked by Diego and a surgeon but he succeeds after a brief fight Chris considers infecting Rebecca with the inactive strain to prevent her from becoming a zombie he gets into a fight with Arius and succeeds by letting him fall down a skyscraper and I can't wait to discuss that nonsense (laughs) and somehow Arius survived though severely wounded when Diego finds him Arius tells him to release the final stage of his infection by removing the safety mechanisms from his body. And he obliges Diego mutates and infects Arius and they both soon merge and become a tyrant like creature. Surprisingly enough, Arius still retains his intellect in spite of his transformation. He gets into a fight with Chris and Leon just arrives in time to aid him and distract Arius. Chris then goes and tries to find the vaccine. The silver daggers come to Leon's aid and Nadia snipes Arius and damages his shoulder and part of his face, as well as, you know, destroying several buildings because of this railgun. But we'll get into that, too. So Arius jumps onto the helicopter and injures her with his retractable claws. And Leon gets onto his motorcycle and drives it towards Arius. He jumps off before it rams into him and explodes. Chris launches a grenade Onto Arius's heart, killing him in the process. Rebecca is infected with the inactive form of the virus and she gets better. She goes back to normal with her little thumbs up. The Silver Daggers leave the building in a helicopter intent on dispersing inactive onto the ground below to end the epidemic. And I mean, they succeed. So Maria is revealed to have survived and vows vengeance for her father's death with her one eye turning red. All creepy like. And that is the plot of Vendetta. Yep.
2: <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Mm, lots to say about this movie. Lots. But before we get into that, I think we should take ourselves to a mid break. Well, here we are in the middle of the show, Ariel.
1: Awful middle in here.
0: Yes. So, uh, Daniel, what's the first thing we do? I go home. No, Ariel, what's the first thing we do? I go home. You're already home. (laughs) Are you sure? No, we thank the patrons, guys do this every time Ah, well I remember and I would like to thank our wonderful VIP patrons Cerberus 91 Chaotic Kia, Chris Slate Christopher Gurley Donnie Shanks, Naked Mango Pocket Comet and William Jackson we also have our all access patrons Edward Parks and Remington Cloutier and our official patrons Ariel's favorite name. My Afro Ate My Dog.
1: I mean, yes. that <laughs> I love that name.
0: And Philip A. Halbert. So I just want to give a very special thank you to all our patrons. And of course to our listeners. Because the whole community supports us in different ways and it's wonderful.
1: I do want to say thank you to our patrons because you guys are awesome. And I also want to say thank you to our listeners And I also want to say, how are you able to remember things, A.A. Ron, when your head got smashed in with a fire (laughs) extinguisher?
0: Magic. It's all magic. Don't worry about it.
1: At least you had hair.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Moving on. Daniel, what have you brought us today? I didn't bring anything. Oh, you're a liar. Always a liar. I don't think
2: all the time. Mm. So if you like Leon, as Ariel does. Yep. And you want to dress just like him. I racing really do. Racing stripes and all. As far as this movie. <laughs> on leathercult.com, they have Leon Kennedy Resident Evil Vendetta leather jacket. There's that leather jacket again. For the low price of $190. You can get a jacket that is a replica of his jacket. And if you ride a, was it, Ducati motorcycle? Mm-hmm. Then you can look just like him. Cut your hair like him. <laughs> wear, wear the same <laughs> pants. Hopefully you're not doing what he was doing, but... And <laughs> yeah, please don't throw grenades at water trucks. <laughs> according According to this summary here on it, if you're looking for a better and appropriate casual look, a replica leather jacket is a solution. It exudes a sleek modern class that adds a rebellious edge to your time. Oh. And it is custom made, so I do not know the exact shipping on it. It all probably depends on location, and there might be different versions of it, but it is on leathercult.com, and it's the Leon Kennedy Resident Evil Vendetta leather jacket for $190.
1: I want this. I mean, your leather, your LOZ leather jacket was more expensive than this one. So,
2: I mean, yeah, but come on, it's got racing stripes.
1: No,
0: I can't. I can't stand racing stripes. We'll get to that. We'll, yeah, we'll okay, talk about well, that. this
1: is for me, not you. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Ariel, what did you bring for us today?
1: I read an article. Mm-hmm. My voice kind of cracked a little bit. On yeah, that it did. One. Much like I always do. and this one comes from Eurogamer and the title is Resident Evil Village almost had a Chris Redfield DLC I know wouldn't that have been awesome so Resident Evil Village's long awaited new chapter is getting closer to its release but it, it could have once been very different so what we're getting is a DLC package known as the Winter's Expansion I know you guys already know this which will include a third-person mode for the base game, a ne- a rework of the Mercenaries mode, which will introduce new playable characters such as Lady D, and the new story-based chapter known as the Shadows of Rose. And, of course, you know, this will be the conclusion of the family story. However, Rose was not always going to be the focus of the story. Instead... Capcom had ideas for a Chris Redfield-focused expansion. So according to industry insider Dusk Gollum, had this idea been realized, we would have seen a story that focused on Chris's mental well-being following the events of Village. He would have been shown to be going slightly mad from the pressures and guilt that now consume him. Capcom, however, decided to put this idea on the back burner, (laughs) and I'll get into that in a second, to instead focus on Rose's story, something it described as providing a meaty and worthy conclusion for Ethan's family, whatever. So, um, in an interview with 4Gamer, Resident Evil Village's director, Kento Kinoshita, explained that the team felt the story would be the one to best meet the expectations of users, he stated that a lot of feedback on Village's story saw players reflecting on the family dynamic and expressing the way the game moved its players. That being said, Dusk Golem hinted that Rose is estranged from her mother Mia in the upcoming Shadow of Rose. And I don't blame her, but... You know, because Mia's just a whole nother level. So anyways, what I wanted to touch back on... Putting it on the back burner. Hello, plot to Resident Evil 9.
0: I think it'll play a major part, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's... uh Yeah. Let's show Chris's mental state. I mean, they are... The rumors are coming out about... And the rumors, I know, about how the... Like, 9 will be a... Conclusion of main characters. What better way than just... put it around Chris's mental state. All the main characters know Chris. You know, Jill, Claire, clearly that's his sister, and Leon, they all know each other. Wouldn't it be cool if that was the main plot and it was them? I don't know. That's just my idea. I think the saying... With them saying that this is getting put on the back burner with Chris's story, I feel like that's what they're going to go to.
2: I figured it out. The game is actually, like, all the zombie stuff doesn't exist. <laughs> these are people trying to help Chris as he is having a mental breakdown, and he is now coming up with all these stories, which is all the other Resident Evils. I Every swear. Every
1: single Resident Evil game is just in Chris's head.
0: I swear if we play Chris in a mental in, mental institution in the next game, I'm gonna lose my mind. I will, and not in a good way. But I will have been right. <laughs> <laughs> I what, help him not.
1: What a twist. What
0: a twist! M. Night Shyamalan twist coming.
1: <laughs> and like zero was just his um I'm explanation not- of what happened before Raccoon City Sid- or before the mansion incident. <sighs>
0: He just threw something in there. He's like, uh, when the when the doctor started poking holes in his story, he's like, but wait, wait, I forgot to tell you about the thing that happened before. There was
2: a train involved.
1: And see, he had a crush on Rebecca. So that's why Rebecca was in zero. Because he's like, no, oh, she's cute. And now you're in my dreams. So
2: this is Capcom's long game. Better not be.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I'll be yeah. so mad. All right. I'm done with my uh, theory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I brought some merch this time. And actually, we've had quite a bit of merch from this person um, throughout the Resident Evil lore cast. Comes to us from none other than Zience Tech again. Ooh. Mm. So this is on Etsy. Um, and it is the double helix injector gun prop.
1: What?
0: Oh, yeah. You can get this in three options. You can get the T-virus blue, nemesis red, and antivirus green. And it is the double helix injector. I want it. (laughs) So the price for this, not too bad either.
1: A hundred bucks. So I need three hundred dollars? (laughs) No
0: (laughs) I want all of them I mean they are pretty cool The best part about it is I actually got a chance to uh, Briefly talk to Zion's Tech And The whole thing The whole premise of this Etsy store Is to make movie quality props And I will say We got the Pelagas here Definitely movie quality
1: I was highly satisfied with it.
2: Mhm.
0: Then everything else I've seen from like other fans and like you know friends of the show and stuff. Same thing. Really good quality. Really good quality. So, I mean, all jokes aside, I would be okay paying $100 for this injector.
1: <laughs> Which one would you get though?
0: Oh, I'd have to get the Nemesis red.
1: I'd have to get the blue. I'd have to get T-Virus. Fair enough. It's my favorite one, so.
2: Danny? I guess I'd have to get the other one. It's like <laughs> you can get
1: whatever one pick, you want. Pick
2: last on the team, everybody. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so,
0: if you want to get your double helix injector gun prop, just head on over to Etsy and look up Zion's Tech, or you can go in the show notes below. Because we'll be have it easier linked.
1: to go in the show notes below, people, because you can just <laughs> click on the link and it'll take you straight there.
0: You're right. You're right. I don't believe you. Oh, goodness. So, with that being said, I think that's the end, isn't
1: it? Oh, sweet. I can go home.
0: Or we could talk about our awesome sponsor.
1: Yeah, we could. We could. Metallic Dice Games, they're pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah, if you uh, want or need or both, set a dice, dice tray, dice tower, dice bag, anything dice related, head on over to Metallic Dice Games from our link below and save 10% off your order. Because who doesn't like saving? We all love saving money. And I mean, at this point, dice are just a necessity. You may think, oh, this is a Resident Evil podcast. Why are you talking about dice? Well, you know what? We're all nerds. We're all geeks. We all love everything about dice. Come on, guys. Let's Um. just be honest with each other. Y'all play some sort of TTRPG. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... Yeah, I I will. Dice are pretty. They're gorgeous. Well,
0: I was going to say they've actually got some ones that are on sale right now. they're they're on sale right now for the next day, hour and 15 minutes. They are handcrafted 55 millimeter sharp edge orange skull dice. And they're pretty cool.
1: Those are pretty cool just in time for halloween yes. because who doesn't love playing halloween related ttrpgs because we do <laughs> definitely uh
0: all jokes aside though um wonderful of them to sponsor the show uh absolutely honored to have them as a sponsor they create some wonderful dice like you said and they've got all kinds of other things like you said But this is just a taste of what they have. They've got all kinds of dice. If you like your dice to have something really cool and quirky in the center, don't they have like a panda set of dice too?
1: Yeah, and penguins and like, (laughs) uh, yeah, they have a ton and they have like uh, resin, they have wooden, they Mm -hmm. have metal, they have gemstone. I really recommend the gemstone, even though they are a little pricey, but also keep in mind they are gemstone dice. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Love those gemstone dice. I actually do have... I don't have any gemstone dice, but I do have a few of their sets of dice. And I love them. They're great. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, at some point soon, though, acquire some wooden dice because I never had wooden before and I really want some. So,
0: (laughs) yeah. We'll have to let everybody know how they work out for you. But on that note... I think it is officially time to get to the end of the episode and discuss what is Vendetta.
1: In characters in B.O.W. form.
0: (laughs) Well, welcome to the end of the episode. Why do you
1: sound so weird? Why do you have
2: to judge me? I thought he was trying to sound (laughs) seductive and it didn't work for me. It sounded
1: like more of a seductive, I'm trying to creep people out.
2: I could see that.
0: Anyway, we're at the end of the episode. Thanks, guys, for being so awful and mean to me. Uh,
2: (laughs) Who else would would do it if we didn't do it? Exactly. Gosh.
1: You picked us. (laughs) So, I'm just saying, whose fault is it?
0: Oh, well, we're at the end of the episode, and I guess that means it's time to talk some B.O.W.s and characters, huh? Uh, Are you sure?
1: Not entirely. Well, I mean... I will say at least the characters and B.O.W.s of the show are worthwhile. Some of the characters.
0: So.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah, like Rebecca.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: all right, Danny, what do you got for us? So there isn't many new B.O.W.s. Well, technically they are new because they're kind of like a variant. So there is a little bit of difference. So we have the A-Virus zombie, which has only so far been in this movie. The A-virus naturally becomes dormant in the human body until contacted by the trigger gas. Humans do not show visible side effects for some time. This is different from people infected with the various T-virus strains, who typically mutate upon initial infection. When the A-virus is activated, however, a similar mutation will take place as veins become varicose and discolored, as you see with Rebecca and various other people that get infected and putrefaction of the skin also takes place. This may be for the same reason as T-virus zombies, who cease providing energy to the skin as a form of conservation. They may also suffer from a loss of iris causing their eyes to turn white and in other cases become red. Zombies lose the same brain function as T-virus zombies, however people vaccinated soon after the transformation don't appear to suffer from any significant brain damage. Similarly, however, they become driven by base instincts such as the need for flesh to stay alive. They also ignore those inoculated against the virus, making the virus more attractive to terrorists who can feel safe. And the note here with the vaccination is it has to be the specific vaccination that Arius makes and not the one that Rebecca comes up with. <laughs> to be safe from them. And the other I have of is the zombie dogs. The Arius infected zombie dog greatly resemble the T virus infected Cerberus and Zombie Dogs. The body of the creature shows signs of decay, causing the muscle tissue and ribcage beneath the outer fur and flesh to be to be visible. Their eyes are also cataract. They're extremely fast easily chasing a motorcycle on a freeway and capable of leaping great distances far beyond an average dog's capability. This makes it very easy for them to pounce on an enemy to bite them viciously with jaws powerful enough to decapitate prey. Sorry, Damien. Let's see here. And despite being a creation of the A-Virus mutation, the A-Virus zombie dog's theme from the soundtrack is titled Cerberus. This could imply they were planned to be a derivative se- series to the main T-Rice line of the B.O.W.s of the same name. And that is all I have on the new B.O.W.s as Diego is kind of a B.O.W. but he's also a character so I'm going to cover him.
1: The Juggernaut. <laughs> I'm
2: the juggernaut bitch. I thought about that. You gotta throw, floor, <laughs> throw the floor up when you do it.
0: Oh, gosh. So, what do we have for characters then, Ariel?
1: Well, we got a lot. So, first I'm just going to read the list of characters. You have Chris Redfield, Leon Kennedy, Rebecca Chambers, Glenn Arias, Diego Gomez, Maria Gomez, DC, Damien, Nadia, Patricio, Aaron. That's Kathy you. White, Zach White. Oh, I'm sorry, a Aaron. Um, Present. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sarah, Arius, Alejandro. Alejandro, Alejandro. Sorry. <laughs> and that's that. So, there characters. I'm not going to go into Chris and Leon. I know we've talked about Rebecca before. However, I would like to talk about her again. And this is the... What happened after one. because she did make her little cameo in one. So. Sometime after the Raccoon City destruction incident, Rebecca continued with her university education to achieve a doctorate in the field of virology intent on helping her more combat experienced friends and a support capacity as the bsaa was formed over time during this period she would be invited by chris to join the organization as a consultant something she would come to accept posteriorly when an a when a T-virus strain spread across St. Cloud, Minnesota in Rochester in 2005, Chambers took part in its defense. She saved police officer Tyler Howard from the zombies, teaching him to aim for the head to kill the infected, and worked with him during the outbreaks. By 2010, Dr. Chambers was employed as a university lecturer alongside her job as a BSAA advisor. This dual role allowed her the use of university laboratories to continue her work. In that year, she received orders to infiltrate Philosophy University in Philosophy Western Australia as a science professor to investigate a series of missing persons cases the BSAA believed were related to bioweapons. Dr. Chambers' investigation led to her first suspect, Dr. Liam Howard, an American who shared a name with an umbrella researcher who disappeared in 2003. The investigation was short-lived due to a T-virus outbreak, and the BSAA team on standby was called in, consisting of Chris, Piers, and Sophie Holm. As the day went on, the full extent of Dr. Howard's research became evident, He was secretly working with the university chancellor to abduct students to be genetically altered with intelligence regulating genes to make them smarter. Mary Gray was the only successful candidate, with the others having become zombies. Dr. Howard had also been taking part in an unauthorized experiment at the university lab, having used genes taken from the Irish giant remains from the museum with the hopes of, in some way, resurrecting his son Tyler, who he believed dead at Rochester. The outbreak was ended only with the use of explosives, after Gray, having become mentally unstable since the experimentation on her, mutated into a more powerful mutant. Sometime after the bioterror attacks of 2013, Chambers has been researching the cure for a new strain of virus, developed by bioterrorist Glenn Arias. So then, the rest of this happens with the events of the movie. So that's kind of bringing you up to speed of what Rebecca has been doing after one up to this movie. So there you go; she's been a busy girl. So next, I'm going to talk about Glenn Aries. So, Glenn Arius is the alias of a former CIA agent who became a major bioweapons dealer during the War on Terror. After the death of his wife from a CIA drone strike, Arius led an operation to release the newly developed A virus across multiple northeastern US states in retaliation. So, following his CIA backed infiltration into the bioweapons black market, Arius was quickly overcome by the potential lucrative financial rewards bioweapons offered and went rogue, eventually coming to dominate much of the market, which had been previously fragmented after the demise of Tricel and Neo Umbrella. Seeking to create his own products, Arius also pioneered bioweaponry, which allowed the immediate distinguishing of friend and foe. Soon, the CIA became aware of his dealings and ordered his immediate execution. Which is then when they decided to bomb the wedding. So, driven to madness at the loss of his wife, Arias swore vengeance on humanity and developed the deadly A virus alongside the Spanish terrorist group Los Illuminados, with the intent of eradicating mankind and resetting the world once and for all. Which then led us to the events of the movie. So once again, another scorned man. However, this time, this scorned man deserved to be scorned. I mean, his family and wife, I feel like didn't deserve to die unless they knew about what he was actually doing. I didn't think they deserved to die. He did, though. Just saying. Anyways, let's talk about Diego, a.k.a. what I call the juggernaut. It's not really his name. It's just what I call him. So Diego Gomez was a large genetically enhanced human who served as the bodyguard for Glenn Arius. He was the father of Maria. And Diego was a longtime friend of Arius. On the day of this wedding, he ended up not dying. And Maria and Glenn, who mourned the loss of his newfound wife. Just kidding. Although he'd survived the explosion, Diego became horrifically disfigured in the destruction and later required a virus experimentation, as well as other surgical enhancements to survive. So Diego and his daughter Maria then went to retrieve Rebecca and started the whole events. of the movie. So not much is known about Diego's personality prior to his mutation. Arius refers to him as one of his dearest friends. Diego appeared to be a very, to appeared to be very close to his daughter, Maria maintaining a paternal bond with her. Even after his mutation, he seemed to show concern for Maria prior to her setting out to deploy the gas into the city. And Diego is willing to keep Arius alive by initiating the final stage and physically merging his body. So even though much isn't really known about his personality prior, I feel like he was... If anything, a loyal man.
0: Okay. I really don't want to give him brownie points or you know anything positive about him, but yeah, okay, you can have that one.
1: Okay, I didn't say he was a good (laughs) man, I just said he was a loyal man. That's all I said. So next I'm gonna go a little bit into Maria Gomez. And she's a mysterious, quiet, and calm woman who served as an assistant for Arius alongside her father Diego. She was said to be physically enhanced and modified, although how extensively remains unclear rarely showing any emotions unless around her father, she actively and methodically worked to carry out Glenn's plan to destroy the world. Originally, Maria was an ordinary human and friend of former CIA agent Glenn, much like her father. All that changed, however, on the day of the wedding, and she miraculously survived... And she lost the use of her right eye. And after the incident, she also swore revenge on the world. (coughs) And to aid her in the quest for vengeance, she underwent unspecific experimentation and received an unknown number of physical and possibly mental enhancements. While the exact nature of most of these enhancements were undisclosed, one of them apparently included her being exposed to the vaccine for the A-virus in order to protect her from being infected and keep her safe from the mutants created by the virus. And then after that is the events of what happened in the movie. So next, let's discuss DC. So DC was a soldier for the BSAA. He was the leader of the elite Silver Dagger with BSAA operative Chris Redfield. Before joining the BSA, D.C. was a member of the U.S. Special Forces alongside Damien. Because of this, D.C. is an accomplished pilot on multiple military aircrafts and has shown strong leadership traits. D.C. was eventually selected as a leader of the Silver Dagger. And he also enjoys classical literature and encyclopedic texts, as he typically is shown to bring a hardcover book with him on missions to read during travel time and will even quote famous authors along the likes of Francis Bacon. Outside of work, it appears DC remained close friends with Damien as they were known to constantly talk about Breaking Bad.
0: It's confirmed Breaking Bad and Walking Dead are in this universe.
1: Well, it was
0: <laughs> possibly Walking Dead.
1: Yeah, that that part wasn't confirmed, but definitely Breaking mm. Bad. Come on now. <laughs> so, next is Damien. And he was also a soldier for the BSAA and a member of the Silver Dagger. He was in the U.S. Special Forces alongside DC and shares much of his background with him. And outside of work, it appeared Damien remained close friends with DC as they were known to talk about Breaking Bad and being described as a natural born soldier and hunter, Damien couldn't imagine his life without battling conflict. Despite his hardened appearance, his character was quiet and sarcastic and sensitive. Was. Yeah. So, yeah. And unfortunately, he met his demise from a zombie dog. Next, we have Nadia. She is also a BSA agent and member of the Silver Dagger, and she works as a team's recon-slash-sniper. So before joining the BSA, Nadia was a member of the LAPD SWAT team. She eventually moved on to becoming a BSA operative out of righteous indignation due to witnessing the BOW-related cases occurring all over the world. And that's what I have on Nadia. She's still alive. Yeah. And the rest of the characters are just, um, you know, basic characters that just get mentioned here or there. So I'm not really going to go into a big explanation of them. So that is our characters.
0: I think you missed one. (laughs) Sam's arm.
1: (laughs) Sarah's arm? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) Sarah's arm that, you know, moved and wiggled like, you know, it wasn't.
2: It did a lot of talking as a character.
1: Oh boy! It's a
2: very prominent character in this movie. We <laughs> always, always, always mm. almost saw a relationship between it and Rebecca.
1: <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> I'm done with all of you. That was just
0: ridiculous. I can't wait to talk about this in depth next episode. Honestly, it's <laughs> it's not all bad. It's not all bad. I enjoyed the action.
1: Okay. The only good part of that movie was the badass fight scene with Chris and Leon.
0: Again, I enjoyed the action.
1: But that was at the very end. <laughs> um,
0: so, any last minute thoughts?
2: No, I'll probably gonna save stuff like that for discussion.
0: Yeah, because
1: mm. I have a whole lot to talk about. And it's not
0: good Mm. Well then in that case With that being said Thank you all for listening And tune in
1: next week For our bitch session (laughs) Bye there Bye
0: Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast We hope you enjoyed it If you did, tell a friend Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RELurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.